0: Welcome, welcome back to the Blueprint Podcast. It's your boy, M.I. Visuals, Muhammad Imam, back with my co-host and co-founder, Ray Roots. How you doing, bro? I'm good.
1: I'm just, you know, I'm happy, man. 13 episodes in a row. I never thought I'd get that consistent with someone.
0: And you know what? We are. So I'm happy. Damn, it's only 30, man. That's the very minimum. I'm joking. I'm hey, about, what are you yeah. talking about? That's over three months. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing. But yeah, today we're joined by a special guest who is a multidisciplinary creative who has worked with some big brands including Netflix, Samsung, BBC, ITV and more. Um, so I'd like to introduce Mo Ali, who is a multidisciplinary designer and considers himself a senior designer. How are you doing, bro?
2: Yeah, I'm good, man. Glad to be here. Glad to join you guys on this podcast and hopefully it's not a bad luck episode as 13 weeks but let's see how it goes yeah
0: i'm sure i'm sure it'll be fine man i mean it's it's been a rough start so far so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um yeah so you've got a youtube channel you're also you're, you're also a senior designer who's been doing it for uh, for a while um so you want to just give a bit of back- background about yourself before we yeah, jump sure. into the aspect of questions
2: well yeah of course um so i've been a designer for what close to 15 years now uh, you mentioned the YouTube thing, which literally recently only started. And I think it's only been like five or six weeks. So it's nothing big right now. But um, hopefully, you know, it goes strength to strength and grows. Um, and like you said, I'm a multidisciplinary designer. So um, I've got my fingers in all sorts of areas of creative industry. Um, but yeah, let's see how it goes from there.
1: What, what makes you go from being in an industry for 15 years and then after 15 years, you're like, all right, now I want to get on YouTube. Well,
2: it was more about like um, just getting out there in social media space and promoting yourself, promoting your work, um, different areas that I want to get into in terms of my career. Um, So because of that, as well as I felt like there's a lot I want to talk about and I don't get to talk about it. So I thought, okay, you know what, let me just put it out there. Let's see what happens. And everybody Mm. wants to be like get onto YouTube. Let's face it, Um, a lot of us put it off and I've been putting it off for a long time myself. I thought
0: why not new year new start let's do this Mm. yeah it's funny because we we were the same because um before i was like i'm a graphic designer and i've been doing podcasting for actually a few years now so uh, before i was running a podcast with a group of friends um named inspire and we're actually recording a podcast again later today which is going to be like a a comeback episode but um that was to do with reading books and trying to inspire people to read more but yeah i was always like planning to get back on youtube uh to, to get on youtube properly um and yeah me and ray were discussing it for like a good two years before we even actually um started or created anything and then yeah just this year uh well this last few months we started december the 1st and here we are today so it's, it's interesting i was you- on youtube yeah, you were on YouTube remember. actually, sorry. Yeah, I was on YouTube. Yeah, it yeah. Was, that was
1: fun, but I mean, it was never something I took serious serious. But mm. it was fun.
0: Mm. So Ray, Ray uh, I'll let you speak a bit about yourself, just so Ali's a bit familiar before we start.
1: Yeah, um, I'm uh, I'm Ray, uh, not my real name, as I've mentioned plenty of times on the podcast, but you can call me that. And I'm a I'm a photographer and a videographer. Uh, I've I've done photography ever since I was a child with like disposable cameras and. And then it kind of uh, progressed into point and shoot, and then um, phones, and then eventually DSLRs and mirrorless cameras. And then I've done video for about five years, I think. So about a third of the of the time you've been in the industry, I've 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 done some uh, some video work. And uh, yeah, and obviously I've done podcasting. Uh, I've done the podcasting before. Uh, after Mi Visuals dropped his, I got inspired. I met him in 2017. I I don't remember if you. are I think your podcast had just launched the first couple of episodes when we met. Mm, yeah. And uh, I got home, I got inspired, and I started my own podcast. And then I quit that podcast, and I started a new one, and I quit that one, and I was doing YouTube stuff. And then I kind of took a break from the whole uh, putting my face out there and, and started planning with, with MI Visuals uh, on what we should do with this idea that we have, which turned out to be the blueprint. So
0: that's a sh- yes, short sir. intro about me. Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, um, today we're going to be talking about a few different things, including how you've been, how you like got to a point where you've been juggling so many different places. And like you say, you're um, proficient in graphic design, motion design, interaction design, user interface design, product design. Uh, so, I like to also break that down a bit because um, when I started, obviously, a lot of people, when they start, they don't know these different terms and what they are. Um and yeah. now I work in an IT background full time as well. So I, I'm familiar with all of these terms of obviously. Um so we're gonna talk about that a bit. Um we're also gonna go into some creative business advice and also your creative origins and influences. But before we get into that, we're gonna do some icebreaker questions. Um yeah. I asked you to submit one. Um you first you said um one about uh if you weren't creative what would you be doing um which i declined because we had literally answered that in the last episode <laughs> yeah. so it's probably going to be really fresh on the listeners mind so i was like okay we'll, we'll leave that for now because if it's only your one then i don't know um, but yeah so you submit another one what's an embarrassing guilty pleasure you have that you don't really tell anyone else oh yeah. <laughs> so i'll let Ray go you first
2: you guys to answer first yeah
0: i'll let Ray go i'll let re go first
1: is it have or had? Have or had, whatever.
0: Uh, have is more interesting. Than you're doing it right yeah. now. <laughs> I
1: mean, I can't think of like a guilty pleasure that I have right now that's embarrassing. I but I've, you I just
2: don't want to in- disclose it in front of everybody. Oh it? no, I'm
1: I'm 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 very honest about making fun of myself. Like I'm I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've stated multiple times here that uh, embarrassing things. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can tell you something that I had. And it was something I definitely kept a secret for years because it was so embarrassing. That's what I thought at least. Okay, can right. I guess? Can I guess? Be, it. Can I guess before you say it? Yeah, go ahead. Rap. Oh no! That no, I'm not embarrassed by that. Uh,
0: <laughs> I you, should, to be. you should be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I noticed there's a guy on YouTube uploading music under my name now, Raymond Roots, and I'm like, oh, what? you know what? People, People are going to think it's me. I went in. I'm, I'm sorry. I went in and disliked this video just for wow, using my name.
0: Wow, wow, Okay. So are you <laughs> sure he's using your name or you using his name? No, 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 no. I was out there first, okay?
2: okay. Hey, that I was his there. legit government name, so. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. I, I might lose this case then. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. All right. So, then? I, was in, uh, I was in high school. I guess you guys in the UK call it like college. Yeah, I was like um, something like that. Yeah, yeah, secondary school. And uh, I was in, I think, my last year. And then, you know, when you're when you're in in that level of education and you're you're hanging out with the guys, there's a lot of like macho, toxic stuff, you know, like, yeah, men aren't supposed to do this and that. And Mm -hmm. we're not supposed to watch this and that. But I go home every day and I watch One Tree Hill wow <laughs> every day bro i was i love that show man oh my days okay. that would be my my that, daily routine man
0: is hilarious. wow that, that is, was my guilty pleasure such a random guilty pleasure uh, i know right <laughs> I you don't know what to think about
2: that. <laughs> you mentioned that in, to the boys in school.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I don't think... I think if they, I, they're not listening to this podcast. But if they were, they they would they, it would have been the first time they heard, oh, well, I'll give you another one. <laughs> I'll give you another one no, since we're on the topic no, of man. embarrassing. So in the area I grew up with, I grew up in there. I grew up with a lot of people who are like, you know, they call themselves gangsters, right? Mm-hmm. They weren't, but they call themselves gangsters. Yeah. And like the, the type of music they would listen to was like, hardcore like tupac and biggie and, and dmx and you know that type of stuff and and i remember we went out to play football and this was way back when i actually played football um uh, one of them grabbed my phone and he was like all right let's see what kind of music you got on your phone and he clicked one song and it started playing some sad rihanna song Oh, these! and everyone looked at me and and, and i i I couldn't own up to it, so I said, "No, no, no, my, my my cousin put it on my phone. I didn't put it on my phone." Okay, okay. and yeah, I got clown, but I really like that that jam back in the days. I'm, I'm not gonna tell you what song oh. it is. That's too <laughs> embarrassing. That's too embarrassing.
0: <laughs> all right, should I go next? Yeah, I gave you two, so I, I, I you better give me a good one. Uh, I don't know, man. I I, I, I can't think of. All right, cool. All right, cool. I got two embarrassing ones, and uh, well, one isn't. An all right so the first one is i i play and have played minecraft for about <laughs> for about eight years or something because i just really enjoy it and i feel like a lot of people look down on it because it looks like a kid's game but i, I did it. not know that i've known you for a while i did not know that oh yeah i played it for a while i and off. enough but uh, yeah because it's a sandbox game so you can get really creative with it um and i just i just like being able to create random things and it's quite calming as well it's quite satisfying so yeah, I've I've been playing that for for a while, and even my wife mocks me about it. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. Um, but yeah, that's one of them. I don't really tell on that. Uh, but yeah, if anyone does play, uh, play, jump on with me. I don't mind. Hit me up. <laughs> this is a, this is now a call to reach out to people. <laughs> All right. um, but yeah, the other one is yeah, I used to watch love and hip hop like heavy. <laughs> well, no way, no way. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch Dom and Hip Hop. Like, I, I was up to date for a good couple of seasons. And then, yeah, I, I don't know why. I, I used to always look down on it as well. It's like, oh, god, these all these reality shows. And then, yeah, my friend uh, was like, just give it a chance, man. <laughs>
1: And you, you, you gave it a chance. I gave for sure. it. I gave
0: more than a chance. <laughs> um, so yeah, I ended up watching a good three seasons or something. Oh, um, boy, wow! Not even one, like whole three whole seasons. Yes, sir. Uh, I was there, already. I was I was there, tweeting it and stuff. I'm joking. I wasn't tweeting it. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, who's your favorite character? I, I, I don't remember, man. Stop lying. Stop lying. I, I don't want to say it, man. Just say it. <laughs> you know it. I don't know. All right, all right, all right, all right. There's one guy called Scraps Deleon who was just who was just a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you see, this is why it's embarrassing, but obviously, I, I stopped that a few years ago, so thank you. Right, we were, right, right. I gave clarity of mind there, <laughs> of course. But yeah, that's, that's, I feel like those are more embarrassing than what you said, but yeah, good. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll let, I'll let Melanie go now. Ah, <laughs>
2: uh, see, I didn't realize we we're gonna do two, but okay, my first one is um. You know, like, there's this meme out there where there's this, like, hard man with AirPods on, and then there's another picture usually next to it of, like, some soppy songs that he's listening to. That's okay. Me. I listen, my, I don't listen to much music, but my taste in music is trash, and it's either, like, really filthy, colorful language with, like, really sad, romantic songs. Okay, and it, it, like, same. It's, I, I literally won't be able to play that stuff out loud because it's either too colorful like i said or it's just like oh, what is this soppy guy like is he being heartbroken or something mm.
0: yeah. if you if you use bluetooth headphones just make sure you never get caught slipping with the bluetooth off <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah that stuff only comes on on the it's not even on the bluetooth one right? if it's wired then that's safe enough to play <laughs> like
0: what's the other one then
2: um okay uh i guess a second one would be okay um so way back in like the early two thousands, a lot of people used to watch wrestling, and I—I have to admit, I probably still do.
0: How's that guilty pleasure? Cool, man. That's all right. That's all that right.
2: Okay, I'm not. It's sure not that. a guilty pleasure at all. That's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, no, I actually yeah watch wrestling still. So, so uh, who's your favorite wrestler then? Right now, time. there's this guy called Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah. and he's pretty decent.
0: Okay. Cool. Uh, it's good. not like
2: back in the day when we used to have the rock and all of that. So um they're not. Mm. It's not as good as that those times. But yeah, still, I like the entertainment value.
0: Yeah, I mean, always... that's just uh, that's just uh, misogynistic men's love and hip hop. i Who's your favorite wrestler? It's got to be Triple H, man, all time Triple H. Really? Yeah, Triple H is a badass to you, man. That's like one of my most hated ones. Yeah, I don't know. It's because he he can play the villain side and the good guy side so well, and he had the hammer thing, and I don't know. I I just thought he's like he was a beast, He was really cool. I don't know about <clears> that. <throat> okay, what about yours then? I had I had two from Ray two Mysterio. different er- eras. No, no, no. no. I
1: like Ray, but it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> Ray, uh, Mysterio, get it? Yeah, I, yeah that's. Right. Uh, I got it now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> took me a, took took me a, took me a minute, but I got it eventually. It was a bad joke, Um, in what well, you know. I don't know if you guys remember this, but at one point it was called WWF F, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and during that era, I think it was either Sting or Booker T who was my favorite. Booker uh-huh. mm-hmm. T it was cool, man. Yeah, I liked his intro song. I think <laughs> that's his mostly
2: what was so good. Yeah. I know, right? That was it was amazing. Sucker.
0: Anyways, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's and the then he listens <laughs> to. <you>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be embarrassed yeah. about that at all. But then we got to WWE. I think my favorite was Batista. Okay. Ooh yeah.
2: You know what? His acting skills have really gone up a notch. Really, oh,
1: absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yo, you should hey have seen that. him before. Yeah. yeah when he I first played
2: off, he was like really cringeworthy. But boy, it's uh, um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy quality acting, and some mm. of it is like improvised as well. And it's like, wow, is this good?
0: Mm. I have a hot take, I, but I guess they're like full time actors in WWE and yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah, they are. What's your hot take? I, my hot take is The Rock is a
1: horrible actor.
2: Oh, wow. Really? Oh, that That's cold, man. I think I, kinda... I should run for president in the United States, honestly.
1: He could run for... I mean, I like him, but I don't think he's a good actor. Wow.
0: Mm. Okay. He plays the same role every single movie. <laughs> yeah,
2: I guess it's like Jason. I thought you
0: one series where he's actually really good. Which one? You know, Borders. There's a series called Borders with, um, you know, oh, the yeah, Denzel of. Washington's son. I forgot his name. Something Washington. David something. Yeah, he they, well, he's pretty big now. But uh, yeah, they, they're both in, in the series called Borders. And I think he's actually really good in it. <laughs> I love that you say he's so big now. But you call him Denzel Washington's son. son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you can't outshine your pops, man. Exactly, exactly. But, uh, yeah, on to the next question, which is funny because... Yeah, the question was, what would you say to yourself if you could go back in time 10 years or go forward in time 10 years? And I'll be telling myself not to watch Love and Hip Hop, but uh, <laughs> so I don't embarrass myself here 10 years later. But, uh, but I'll, let, I'll let Ali go first this time.
2: Right, you know what, when I first heard, saw this question, yeah, it's, um, I thought, okay, going back 10 years is, that's like a quite a standard question. That, but I've never heard it being phrased and structured in a way where, what would you tell yourself 10 years time and forwards? Yeah. So that was really cool to hear. Yeah. Um. going back 10 years I would uh, probably just say like just you know what trust the process because I'm a quite a firm believer in you've got to walk your road to get to wherever you are so where I am today I had to take that route that I've taken to get to where I am today mm-hmm. and you know you've got to be grateful however far you come or however far you think you should have been wherever mm-hmm. you are that's where you're meant to be right now yeah um, that's just something that I believe in. Yeah. But um ten years time I would say, you know what, don't forget where you came from as well. So come on, that's a cliche
0: answer. Give us something give else. Your, <laughs> <just remember laughs> give us some dream. drama.
2: <laughs> Cause you know what, you have you always have aspirations to like, okay, you wanna make it so far, get so so, so big or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but just don't forget where your humble begins, beginnings were. Mm. That's what mine would be. What about yours? Yeah, that's nice, it's fair enough. Uh, Reid, you wanna go
0: or I'm happy to do it? No, he ask you. So you go first. So I I agree with you hundred percent on that. Like the the path you you're you're at now and where you're going is it, it's, it comes from where where you've been and that whole life experience. Um, and I always think about like regrets that I had and stuff like that. And but then nowadays I'm more of a balanced mindset. Like like you like you like you are when you say that because if you always regret things, like you're not gonna really. Like, um, think about the things that you have now as a good thing. Like you are gonna be unhappy about it. Uh, mm-hmm. You always gonna to wanna to change it, which is which is most likely um, not a good thing. Because on a day to day basis, you are already striving to be happy and content with yourself. So why why do you wanna change things in the past? Um, but um, yeah, but I mean, I, one thing I would just say is just <laughs> <I> work harder. Because <laughs> I was a pretty lazy. I was pretty lazy back then. Um, I, I spent a lot more time um, trying to. Uh, well, I spent a lot of time playing games and, and I don't know it's an natural thing if you're young but yeah I, I, I got advised a lot to like just put in a bit more effort and I think I could have like probably prope- propelled myself to, to, to greater distances but obviously that's in a that's in a hypothetical situation like if i didn't have that experience i wouldn't probably be working hard now like who knows um but yeah it's an interesting one but um yeah going forward i don't really have anything to say it'll, it'll be more like hopes i just hope that i become someone that that picks up good habits and leaves the bad ones behind and and do that on a consistent basis but also looks after myself like mentally like i know like with like, if i work hard and i continue with what i believe in and my passions i know that i'm gonna like, go far um, and that's why I believe but, I, I, but what I want is more for like my human personal side of me to develop. So I want to like be able to be a reliable person. If anyone calls on me, I'm there to support them. And also, um, if I say I wanna, I'm going to do something, I do it. And that's something I'm, I'm, I've always struggled with. Um, so I, I want to try and get to a point where I'm, I'm comfortable and consistent in that regard. So, yeah, that's me. How about you, Ray?
1: Two words. Do you know what I'm gonna say? Get money. No. Okay, buy. <laughs> buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoin. Oh
2: my God! And Tesla stock
1: yeah. No, that's that's three words. I can't say that. <laughs> I'd buy. You know what? What in 2011? I think going back to like 2011, 12, 13, 14, I spent all my money on sneakers and my mom would keep saying spend it on something else and i said no it's a good investment because these are like jordans and you can sell jordans for an even higher price than you got them for mm. turns out the country that i live in that's not the case <laughs> it's just just culturally people don't care about uh, at least they didn't at that time i think it's getting hyped up again but at that time they didn't care as much about jordans but i didn't care about that because i said you know what i'm gonna rock it and eventually i'll get something for them instead of thinking you know what for one pair of sneakers, I can get two bitcoins. Yeah,
2: but and back then you didn't know that. Yeah, go on. I know in 2013, he
1: did, he did not know about Bitcoin in 2013. I did. I wrote. I wrote a paper on it in, in university. Really? Wow. I wrote. A, I wrote. You know what? I I, I talked to my uh, my study group uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, just to revise on what we actually uh, wrote about. And the topic was blockchain and Bitcoin. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my friends told me that one of our assignments, and obviously I, I, this is so many years ago, I couldn't remember this in detail, but he said one of our assignments was to create uh, a wallet and then our teacher would transfer a Bitcoin to us.
2: For free.
1: For free, because back then it had no value. It was like like the value was so low. I and
2: the teacher is kicking himself right now.
1: So now we have, we ha- I think the school paid for it. Oh. But but now we have like I, I know that I had a Bitcoin in my possession and I I didn't even know. and I wrote about blockchain I wrote about decentralized currencies and still I decided to get sneakers instead. So uh, if I could go back ten years, uh, I would tell tell myself stop buying that many shoes, buy more Bitcoins. So and if I can- ten
2: years ago, when you like researched into it and everything, did you? We'll see it like blowing up as much
1: as it has no you you know what 10 years ago i didn't care about it i just wanted to pass my exam oh
2: right okay so
1: i wrote about it but i didn't i didn't like my friends they all like i have friends who bought bitcoin and they have it at home but they can't access it because they forgot the password on a hard drive Yeah. but yeah. like i i didn't look into it like my other friends they were they either bought it or were on the verge of buying it i never considered it mm-hmm Cause I was uh, like, I just wanted to pass. I didn't care about the topic. I just wanted to pass the exam. But I knew what the topic was. Well,
2: so that's
0: what that's what I would do ten years ago. Hindsight. There's a there's a theme that goes on every time we ask Ray a question. It's about it comes out Bitcoin. about money at the end. Or Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, so I burned. made so many bad financial decisions. Like you don't, you know I
1: was in I like I was in mad debt until like three years ago. Cause I just kept borrowing and borrowing money to buy stuff. Like I I didn't I didn't have a and uh. An, uh I didn't have an outlook on where I wanted to be financially in 5 years. It was just, you know what? I need these pair of shoes, I need this I need this laptop, I need this camera. Mm. Even my first camera that I bought, I, I I bought it on money that I borrowed.
2: So your recent video is really like a conversation to yourself. Oh, 100%. A few
1: years ago. 100%. You know, I I come from I come my 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 mom and my brother used to say I have a I have a hole in my hand cuz the minute money drops into my palm, it it leaves again. Like my spending habits was so crazy. I remember my cousin gave me, uh, I guess in, in you guys are both in UK, I guess like four hundred pounds for my birthday, mm-hmm. and I spent it in like two days by inviting people to cafes and eating out, and like I, I'd spend my money so fast. So when you when you hear me on the podcast talking about finances, or you see me on some deep Twitter or down. in the videos, it's it's literally I'm talking to myself. Mm. Fair enough. Uh, and then, if I could go forward ten years, I'd say you should ban. You should have gotten more
0: bitcoins. Yeah. Oh my god! No, give us something else, man. <laughs> you know, if if if, if I could I'm go forward, start, I'm gonna start writing what I think your answers are gonna be before every episode. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be Bitcoin every time. <clears throat> it, like, do I go forward and tell myself something in ten years, or do I? Like, I'm not quite sure. I understand it. It's... Just say it however you understand it uh, if you were to go forward in time ten in ten years what would you say to yourself at, at whoever that that rate is at that time hope hopefully
1: i'd I'd be able to look at myself in ten years and say I've achieved the goals that that i i set out for myself and even more and i've become uh <clears throat> i've become bigger than the person that i wanted to like a better person than I wanted to be mm-hmm so hopefully that's what I see in ten years, and hopefully I see a child or two. Because,
0: uh-huh.
1: You know, I want to be a dad at some point.
0: Yes, yeah, sir.
1: And you know, an Audi or a Tesla or something, you know, but whatever.
0: Yeah, uh, good stuff. All right, cool. Just so just them in there. Yeah, yeah. Just, I gotta gotta get that in there. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, but yeah, uh, so we always when we have, when we have guests on, we always ask them about their creative origins, right from the start to where they are now, and like what influenced them and who influenced them so if you want to like just briefly or it doesn't have to be brief just talk talk to us about how you got into creative fields and um how you got from like a starting point as a student or whatever to the mm-hmm. point where you're an experienced designer
2: sure okay so like you know some people just know from a young age what they want to be when they grow up that wasn't me i didn't have a clue okay so in college, uh, since school, actually, school, college, uni, I just studied business, assuming I'd get into some random office job at the end of it. And obviously, looking back at it now, I realized that was actually a terrible plan, because what do you mean, what do you do with a business degree? But thankfully, like, I guess I found my calling before then. Um, and I guess I started off with design back in my teens when I used to mess around with like a bootleg copy of Photoshop. And let's face it, nobody used to pay for it back then. Okay it was like I think a CS1 or CS2 and it was pretty easy to get like a copy of it online somewhere on LimeWire or whatever it was back then
1: Ladies and gentlemen <laughs> we got him
2: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> nobody paid for it let's face it even big studio probably didn't. But thank wow. now I'm able to okay like okay. give back to the company i guess in some sense. And actually, <laughs> right because yeah, you, you're is. paying
1: for it right <laughs> well,
2: to be honest i'm only paying for it now because it's too hard to get like a copy it. wow. so it's, it's a wow. lot easier to just pay for it now
0: can i just <laughs> ask guy? like um sometimes I, I think about like how um like the older versions of these softwares were like i've never like i've only started using like this kind of software probably like 2015 Uh um coming up to now
2: you've used the polished versions man
0: yeah so i want to know like did did they have like fill like on photoshop did they have like like drop shadows and stuff like that or would you have to do that manually like how did that work
2: prehistoric (laughs) (laughs) they had drop shadows and a lot of the tools that you have now they obviously didn't have things like um Uh, content Content and things like that um guides i think was like quite basic back then if they even Mm -hmm. had it um but a lot of it was pretty it was pretty solid back then Mm.
1: when when did they get rid of photoshop elements
2: i i never used that before in my life so i don't really know
1: that's like that's like a a a light version uh, of photoshop i i remember we had that in school so
2: yeah, to be honest, because I've always used, like, non-painful version of a proper Photoshop, so <laughs> I, actually, I need to go down to, like, Photoshop Tech or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know what? When you're, like, coming from a family with immigrant parents, you know, like, it's an unwritten rule that you should mm-hmm. strive to become a doctor or an accountant or one of those mm-hmm. so-called traditional jobs. And yep. art and design and all of that is fine as a hobby, but it's not something that you pursue as a career choice. Um. Yeah. But halfway through uni, I figured out because I was doing it on the side anyway, and I figured out okay, maybe this is what I actually want to do for a living. And my parents didn't really warm to the idea because they're just thinking, How "Are you gonna make a living of this? where are you gonna get money from and all of that?" Mm. But I stuck to it and eventually landed myself in a full time job. Yeah, but um,
0: before you G- even get G- into G- that, how G- di- when you say you G- were doing G- it on G- the side, how did you start that? Other than when you first downloaded like Photoshop, uh, or, like what were you creating
2: back then? Um, you know, I was a lot of the time I was just uh, designing stuff that I've seen that I liked, and I tried to replicate it, and that way was my that was my way of, I guess, building up my skills in terms of like figuring out mm-hmm. how to achieve a certain effect or a look. Yeah. So. I used to look at stuff and then I used to think, Oh, that's really cool. Let me try and make my own version of that. And that's Mm -hmm. how I started off from, and -hmm. then slowly, slowly, a lot of people, like, you know, slightly outside my circle started finding out about it. And if they needed like a poster or something small designed, like, you know, barely paid for, or not even paid for, it's like for free. Sometimes, um, I used to just like make it for them. So my local like community center used to ask me to make some posters and stuff. Yeah. And things like that. It was just like really basic stuff. And then it just grows from there. It just mm-hmm. gains more and more traction naturally. So mm. that's, I guess, how it started off with um, in the really, really early days. Mm. And we're going back like to when I was like 15, 16, maybe. Okay. So, uh, so you can imagine how old I am right now.
0: I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll guess like early 30s.
2: Uh more like mid thirties.
0: Okay. I mean that's, that's our personal. oldest guest.
2: Yeah,
0: he's not actually no, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, exactly. not. I think oh, he just he wants to make you feel bad, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the
1: I'm the villain on this show, by the way. Yeah, it's good cop, bad cop.
2: You know what? If there was like a superhero, I would be a villain for sure.
1: Be thank
2: you. It is way uh, thank more you, fun to be a villain than it is to be a hero.
1: This other guy that is co-hosting this podcast—I'm not gonna say his name—raises eyebrows. <laughs> he's, he's picking the hero
0: side.
2: What? The, the rules, the constraints. So, you're, it's so boring. You're I not
0: a villain in real life, so why would you want to be a villain with superpowers? <laughs> I, I am a villain in real
1: life. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. This guy's a villain. He downloads softwares. Yeah,
0: he's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> That's villain really activity. the really. software—it's villain level. Yeah, <laughs> well, ha, 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 ha. I'm gonna—I've uh, <laughs> deleted your Bitcoin passwords.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna—I'm gonna hack uh, hard drives and hardware
0: wallets. <laughs> but, um, yeah, when you when you say you landed your first job, like where, where did you go from there, and what job was that, and what did um, you do in
2: that job? Uh it was like a graphic design role, and. Um, it just it was really like for a small charity that worked with um b m e deaf community back here in the u k and um I learned sign language from there as well it was like oh, really that's cool. really cool, but for me, it was like, oh, it's my first job, and it's I'm getting paid to do what I love I was loving it, so even though you know back then the pay was crap, but I felt like I was minted um <laughs> so it was to me it felt like okay, I got my foot in through the door and I stuck to my guns and I took this risk so for so called risk and it paid off. And from there it was really like just I guess just going from one place to another and then just like just upgrading, climbing up the ladder slowly. Mm, and interesting. It's it's a little bit different from if I guess if I was to study at college or university and have a degree in graphic design or fine arts or anything like that. But being um I guess self taught and just working my way up, it, I, I I missed out on the theory side a lot of it, mm-hmm. and I had to pick that up myself slowly over the years. Mm-hmm. But I had real world application, so in that sense, it helped out. So yeah. where a lot of uh, I see it now, even where a lot of um, university students and stuff they come out with their portfolio of you know uni work and all of that, and it's very abstract and very illustrative, and it's it, it looks really nice a lot of the time. But in real world applications it's it's not really useful. So a company won't be using that style unless you're Twitter apparently with their new rebrand. But um <laughs> a lot of their styles is like it's not gonna be useful. So they've almost got to like start again in terms of rebuilding what their style is gonna be. Yeah. So uh, I've I've always had to like I guess develop a corporate style because clients were wanted that sort of look.
0: Mm. But would you say that was a detriment to your creative style yourself and like your passion for it?
2: Um. No, my passion for it existed and that's why I used to do it on the side even for free and very, very little money and even though I was studying something completely different. So. What's going
1: on with the microphone?
2: Oh, sorry. Is that mine?
1: I think so. Yeah, it just sounds like you're slapping it.
2: Oh, sorry. I think <laughs> it's, it's all good. <laughs> Um... Yeah, so I guess my style, and my passion existed from doing it on the side anyway, but um, because I was getting paid to do it for in a certain style for a client and for businesses and for organizations, um, it developed into what would be um sought after in terms of like what you would get paid for to do. Yeah. So it's great to have a really abstract style and have a certain look. But if nobody's going to pay for it, then it's kind of useless. Mm. Well, back then it was useless. Nowadays, you can make a living of that on social media and Instagram. But way back then, that wasn't, that wasn't the case. We didn't mm. have any social media, really. Um, mm. And there was no influencers and make ways of making money through that sense. Mm. So w- these days, if you have a certain look and you really like a certain style, and that's what you want to pursue and develop, then you can do that and you can make a living of that which is really awesome. And it's a really great opportunity mm. for me back then. It, that wasn't an option. Yeah. So I wanted to also make a living.
1: There's probably more money in the corporate look anyway, right now. I mean, even though there's stylistic approaches that you can take, I think if you want like big, big companies, I think you've got to go corporate, right?
2: Yeah. It's a lot of the times I feel the same way as well, where corporate lands you in a safe spot in terms of career. Um, You can always like, you know, flex your boundaries in that sense. But um, as long as your style is going to suit corporate clients, then you're going to be safe in terms of like having work.
1: Do you Mm. think it's much to ask for a creative to create two styles, one that is corporate and one that is whatever they want themselves?
2: I think it might be a little bit difficult to balance the two, but if you can find a way of infusing your own style into a corporate look, then that's what could make you stand out in terms of the industry and where they look to hire you over somebody else. So if you have a certain look and it still fits inside a certain... And when we say corporate style, it's not like, oh, it's got to be like, Sans serif fonts and block colors and no, <laughs> you know, visual styling at all apart from like the most basic and bare minimum. It's basically like, it's it's not so out there that, oh, uh, this is like a piece of art. It's not design because design and art right. is very different, isn't it? Where right. art is a form of expression, design is um a communication tool. Mm. So.
0: let's hold that thought um, because i'm going to ask you about that kind of stuff a bit later on if you like continue from like your first job and on your working your way up i want to tell i want you to tell me like what was your most interesting jobs that you've had and and what was your favorite job that you had what did you do in that job
2: my favorite job was easy it was when i was at um, itv news i just um and it's most of the time like most jobs it's not about the job it's not about what i was doing it's about the team around you and from everybody, from my manager to the people on the same level as me, the people higher than me, it it was so fun to be around every single day. It felt like, oh, I'm just going in to like chill with my friends and yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm like working and making designs and stuff, but Mm. it's, it was, that's what makes a job end of the day. It's about the people around you. So that was my favorite thing. Um, in terms of like favorite creative work that I've got to do, um, I guess with in terms of like some freelancing that I've did, um, with uh my friend and also who was my mentor, uh Ro um from Archetype, who his agency used to be called Make Believe, um back in the day. I, I got to work on a lot of uh, BBC um documentary items, so their title graphics and things like that, where I got to animate it and then that was my first like big, big clients, I guess, working with like BBC and Channel Four and things like that. So that felt really cool and it was like I had a lot of creative freedom to express myself in terms of animating it in any way that I felt like as long as it looked good at the end, they were like most of the time they were really happy with it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um so yeah, like you already started talking about it a little bit, but um I wanna talk about how you being a multidisciplinary creative, um, being able to to do so many different things, like you just said you 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 do animations as well. Um so like how did you get into all these different things because you do ui design interaction design product design um and like i want you to break it down as well a little bit so like kind of i'm gonna challenge you to kind of tell it in a story because graphic design it seemed to be where you, where you started but how did you get into the other stuff and okay. what would you like define them as
2: sure um so yeah i started off with graphic design and then i quickly like um pivoted into motion graphics and animation because um well lesser animation more so motion graphics because that was still graphic design all it is is making it move so if we think of design as a tree and then you have loads of branches that split off it and then those branches split off into other branches so it's kind of like that where d- you have design and then you have graphic design which is a big bulk of that tree and then graphic design splits off into um motion design and then from motion design you have motion graphics which is like graphic design but um, just moving, and then you have animation, which is like an illustrative style of cartoons and things like that. And then you have visual effects, which is like in the movies what you see. And um, in graphic design, you might have um, like print design, and then you have digital design, and then you have illustration. And then there's just 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 splits off and splits off and branches off into so many different areas. So, um, in terms of like why I've been bouncing from one branch to another, I guess um, it's purely because I like to know how to do other different things. And I like to, so um, I guess, try it out and see, experiment. And you won't know what flavor ice cream you like unless you try a lot of them. So in for me, it was like, okay, I want to know what I really, really enjoy. And then I'll know what to do. Mm. And also, because I thought in the future, if I want to ever be like a creative director or anything like that, I'd have to have some sort of knowledge in terms of like... Um, what is required and what it takes to do, say, for example, user interface design. So that's why I'd try it out and I'd see, okay, now I know if I had to, if I had a user interface design job, then what would be required? What questions I would need to ask? So Mm. I was just preparing myself for future, I guess. Mm. Question. Yep.
1: Uh, Maybe an uncomfortable question but I'll ask it anyway. What do you what do you think about the 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 saying jack of all trades master of none?
2: I think it's uh most of the time it's very very true and it's like I said it's most of the time it's it depends on like um how fast you're of a learner you are I guess and how quickly you can pick things up and how deep you're going into it. So even though I might consider myself a generalist My, um, I guess forte would be motion graphics because Mm. the bulk of my career I've been a motion graphic designer. So in ITV, in Al Jazeera, with BBC, um, with even with my current place, a lot of the work that I do is motion graphics. Although in my current place, um, right now I'm having to do everything because obviously with everything going on in the world, there was like massive redundancies, and unfortunately, like my entire department got their go. And I was the only one that kept on, which was right. really bittersweet because you lose all your friends. <laughs> like my yeah. manager got let go. And then my manager's manager got let go. The people below me got let go. Everybody got let go. And wow. I was literally the only designer, designer left in the company. Crazy. So I've got to do everything. But it kind of helped me being a generalist in that sense because because, I'm a, because I was a generalist, Um, they knew that, okay, I'd be able to cover all aspects of the uh, design requirements that they have. Mm. So there's there's definitely pros and cons and way back um in the day is like you wouldn't have that many specialists in terms of okay this person only does UI design or this person only does um uh, this sort of style or that sort of style or that sort of disciplinary um it was a lot of like jack of all trades and with some sort of speciality. But nowadays you have um a lot of people with very very niched niche down uh skills and skill sets and which is really cool because you can really borrow down and then get become really good at it so when you need the best um, user interface designer then you know there's a handful of people that you can go and pick and they're the ones that you want to work with
1: what's what kind of what school of thought do you think you you tend to lean towards because you know if you could speak to Sports coaches who will say focus on what you're good at and make your strengths even stronger. And then you speak to entrepreneurs who might say the same thing, but you also find people say the opposite. So what what would you say in in twenty twenty one? Generalist um, or specialist? What what's what should someone strive to be?
2: Um most of the time I find that a lot of people would say strive to be a specialist. Um controversially, I think that shouldn't be the case i think you should strive to have a speciality but you should still be flexible enough and have enough knowledge in other areas where mm. you aren't pigeonholed into one sort of area only because if a rainy day comes and work sort of dries up in one sort of area then it, it can be a struggle so if you're able to uh i guess uh, be useful in many different areas then you're going to be very sought after in terms of when it comes to small agencies but if at the same time having said that if you want to work for the really really big guys like uh, double negative or some of the really big vfx houses then you've got to be a specialist and really burrow down and go down in that t-shape where you are a specialist in just um i don't know hair animation you know where Right. When they need a somebody that does really realistic looking hair on a character, they know who to go to, and right. they're not going to go to anybody else.
1: Right. So it kind of depends on what kind of business you're trying to get into.
2: Yeah, and I th- each each one each different side has like their different um like amount of money that you're going to earn as well. Because when you're a super specialist, you're going to earn a lot of really high de- um you know daily rates. It could be as high as like a thousand pounds a day or two thousand pounds a day and that's going to be great but when it's a dry season it's going to be really dry as well
1: right i mean i i've uh you know i call myself a filmmaker when people ask me because it's because it's it just covers so much but i've noticed within the last two years maybe um that i need to specialize as well and and because the type of work that i want to do is not commercial like in 10 years when we now know we like we spoke about what will you say to yourself in 10 years in 10 years hopefully i wouldn't be doing corporate work i wanted to i want to get into like hollywood and uh, for that reason i felt like i had to sp- at least start considering to specialize and only f- like really focus on a couple of things such as like i, I want to write scripts and i want to direct i don't want to do the editing i don't want to do the filming mm-hmm. maybe maybe be a part of the color grading process, but that's just out of pure interest. I don't think I I wanted to make it my career. But um, do do you think being a generalist helps you solve business problems? Like it helps you see beyond the scope of, let's say for me, I'm a photographer and someone asks to get pictures done of their restaurant or whatever. Do you think me knowing other fields will help me solve other problems there or would it help me get more business with my existing clients or or have well, you not had that experience
2: so where you've just like explained it's like it's all sort of like two completely different directions so right. where you want to personally go into in terms of like hollywood and all of that you've got right. to specialize you've got For to sure. be a specialist to do to get there because when you get to somewhere really big industry wise uh like hollywood or whatever it is then they are only really interested in the best of the best. And to right. be the best of the best, you've got to be a specialist. Uh, mm. You've got to focus your efforts and uh, skills into one sp- really specific niche and become the best at that or the best you can be at that. Um, mm. When you want to work for, with smaller businesses in terms of like photography, like you were saying, for a restaurant or anything like that, then I guess that's where a generalist helps because you're able to help them with their business problems with other areas because you'll have knowledge in other areas of the fields, so right. you have um, expertise in uh, uh, videos as well as photography so for example if they were um, just hiring you for a photo shoot for some of their products for in, uh, social media you could upsell your skills in terms of like oh I can do some videos as well which would make it look way more interesting for some more posts on social media as well right. as your website so or an, a tv advert so that's where being a journalist helps. So hope mm. that made sense.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm. That's that's very interesting. So, what would you say you enjoy the most out of those things? If it was just like for you to be uh, t- to do it as a hobby, like if it was just something for you to do as a daily pastime, out of those whole, all those different kind of professions, what would you mm. enjoy the most?
2: I guess uh, motion graphics. Um, mm. That's where I've spent most of my career in, and that's what I enjoy the most because it allows me to do because motion graphics is still graphic design. Uh, Graphic design is a very, very integral part of motion graphics mm-hmm. and it's just using it also to animate it. And then you have so much flexibility in terms of the way you animate it and what you can do with that design. So uh, that's what I would do if I had to only pick one.
0: Mm okay cool so that's that section of the podcast and we're going to move on to the last section now um we're going to be talking about creative business advice you already gave quite a lot there um but i'm going to think about what kind of takes that i want to, I want to give now so um so it's not too generic and i'm because you've been talking a lot i'm going to direct this question at ray and myself for now Oh, um in terms of like let's say someone wants to get into a creative field professionally or like like they're just stumbling their way into it what would you recommend or even if you are going back 10 years to, your, to speak to yourself about it what would you recommend to do based on your knowledge now and give me a reason why how like how do you how would you recommend learning things and what kind of style would you recommend
1: you know in terms of learning things i think uh I, this is a two-part answer in terms if we're just talking about learning uh, I would say there's so many free resources and you should just try everything until something sticks. That's what I did growing up. I
0: didn't think of it as I need to try that now. Come again? Would you ask people to do that now? Like knowing what you know, like just try everything. Yeah,
1: for sure. Because cause yeah. I can't tell you what you like. And like 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 our guest said, like you, you don't know which flavor of ice cream you like until you taste them. Uh, growing up, I, did, I didn't think of it as I need to do something creatively. I just thought, you know, I'm going to try something new. And this is fun. But what I did uh, a month ago was even more fun. So, you know, I, I'm just trying to do something that I actually like. When I first bought my camera, as I mentioned before, I bought it uh, by borrowing money. I didn't buy it at first to create a business out of it. I, I bought it at first because I wanted to have fun. And eventually, I it got... The attention of people around me, and then they started asking for 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 uh, services. I would say though, I wish I didn't know that you could make money off of it until at least a few years later. And the reason why I'm saying that is because you repeat that once again. You wish you didn't know that you could make money of it. Yes, I wish I did not know that you could make money off of this for at least a year or two after I actually realized it. I wish that that knowledge uh was delayed a little bit i wish i didn't know it as soon as i did why because the reason why is because once i started noticing that i can make money off of off of this i i got to a point where i felt entitled to people's money if they ask for the tiniest of services even though i wasn't very good or very established and that meant that i only did stuff creatively if I got paid for it. And if I didn't get paid for it, my camera would sit on my shelf and collect dust. Mm -hmm. And so I wish, I wish I had continued just to create for, because I actually liked it. And then I could get to a point where I'm good enough to where, first of all, I've created a habit of just creating for the sake of creating, but also I'm good enough to where I can actually ask for money and, and actually back it up with with a nice portfolio. I think a lot of creatives mm. get into this whole thing of, I can make money, I paid for a computer, I paid for a camera, and then someone asks for something, and then they get like, well, well, you should pay me. Well, not necessarily. Like You you need to create consistently for people to notice you, but also you need to be good enough to showcase a portfolio. And for years, I didn't have a portfolio.
0: Interesting. But in terms of actually learning the craft, other than just um Try and, try and things randomly would, would would you try and would you recommend having a more strategic route because um Ali rec- recommended earlier um that they should try and re- well he said that he was re- replicating works that he liked and um, and that's interesting because I'm actually reviewing a book next week for the channel called Still Like an Artist, which also recommends the same thing um like looking at your your biggest influences and replicating their work reverse engineering gets you like what decisions they made to get to the conc- to the solution that they provided, um, creatively. So that's like what I was thinking about more along the lines of um, what kind of strate- strategies would you would you uh, recommend?
1: I mean, and that, that's what I did when I when I first got into it. I started looking around at photographers and and uh, people who did photo manipulation and started reverse engineering it. But that might not work for everyone. We had Zoo on the podcast who said he he, he tries not to be. Uh, to mm-hmm. reverse engineer what other people are doing, he said, it, "If he does, it's because he wants to learn the technique, not because he needs because he wants the influence." So yeah. it really depends that's, on
2: the person. That's that's um, a technique that you use to basically learn the tool. Right. To to.
1: And so that that was his argument. I used it because I wanted to be the kind of guy that the photographers that I looked up to were like, I didn't, I didn't just use it to learn the technique. I, I was aware that I was learning technique uh, along the way, but the reason why I did it is because I admired them and I look up to them, but that might not work for everyone. So I can't give one like a generic piece of advice. My, my advice in general would just be try everything. Once you, if you get into photography, you know what, try landscape photography, try uh wildlife photography, try urban photography, and then, Try different techniques. See what you like. Like there are certain things within photography that I hate. Like I don't like food photography. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But I only I only learned that I hate food photography by trying it. Why do you hate it? Brother? I don't know. Like I I can't I can't seem to get it right. And I, even though I've tried for so long, I can't seem to get it right. And then my wife does it for two weeks and she's mastered it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I give up. He's hating on his wife. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, the villain is really coming out today.
2: Yeah, uh, it's because he got showed up. Yeah, <laughs>
1: she she surpassed me. You know, she's not a photographer. She just, she's know, like, oh, you know, I'm going to try food photography. And boom. And I'm like, what? Where did they come from? What, like, what? Mm,
0: that's cool. Uh, I, I like, I find that, I, honestly, I get inspired when I see someone learn something very quickly because I'm just like, oh, what the hell? Like, that was cool. But yeah, obviously, I wish I could learn that first. but I think it's very interesting as well. It's like, they instantly found their natural calling, <laughs> right? That's the way I see it. So I don't know. That's um, true. Um, what about you, Mo Like, what kind of strategies would you recommend someone like wanting to learn?
2: I mean, first of all, use all the free resources that you can get. YouTube is so good for that, um, and there's more and more like tutorials and all sorts of skills and that you can learn from it for free, and it's so good. So, and like Ray said, just try everything. Because you don't know what you're going to enjoy, what you're going to be good at. You see, so-
0: Ali, uh, you see, my Ali, you see, Ali, you just missed a golden golden opportunity to to self promote there. Uh, we do it shamelessly over here, problem. and we're very shameless in 2021. So, self promote as much as you can. <laughs> For sure, <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I've never been good at that, and I probably won't ever be. So, <laughs> I'm <gonna hate> it. <laughs>
0: oh, Jacob, go ahead. Sorry,
2: but yeah, it's just just try everything out. See what you enjoy. See what you like. See um what you're good at because if you try it then you know and if you know either way cuz Rayon you found out that he doesn't like food photography because he tried it. Mm-hmm. So I
0: hate I hate logo design. Uh, I did try it.
1: <laughs> you know when when we got started, right? Uh we we were talking about like getting a logo done and he's like let's 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 get someone to do our logo and I was like what do you mean you're a you're a graphic designer, you make the logo and he's like, I hate logo design. And I was like oh wow, okay. I've- I didn't realize that you that you could get into, you could do other stuff than logo design. That's pretty funny.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, in my early days, I used to hate logo design as well, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I think I know why, because at that time in my career, I just was not good enough for it. Because mm-hmm. you can see where you're good enough for something yeah. and where you're not, because you're going to compare yourself to like industry professionals. Yeah. And they are like coming at, it from a completely different level to where you are at in your career at that time Mm -hmm. and that's why maybe I used to like not like it at all
0: yeah i mean i'm the same like i know that i'm not uh, as good as other professionals and and i don't I, I i still feel a bit like a snob about it because i've done plenty of practice and i've, I've improved on it definitely for like from the like beginning to where i am now but um i i do look like, at uh, look at other people and be like they they definitely made their logo and photoshop and I'm, I'm like a bit snobby about it but then again i'm like i also don't want to do it at all i i see the beauty in it as well and the beauty and corporate branding but i just i just don't enjoy it so that's why that's one of the reasons i created this youtube channel is because i wanted to sh- to like show my creative um, flair more than i wanted to actually design like other people's work so that's kind of the reason why but obviously it depends on where you are in your career and financially if you need to make logos to to get by and stuff like that but obviously i don't need it uh, at the moment thankfully um so that's kind of like why i decided i'm just gonna leave it for now like i don't want to force learning things that i don't enjoy if i don't need to at the moment um but yeah um we'll move on to the next section then so creative business advice how to get how to get clients how to get noticed by brands you already kind of started talking about it but let's talk about it from more of a freelancing point of view um you've worked for agencies and other corporate um branding but uh, other corporate brands but in terms of your own clientele and stuff like that how do you how do you get noticed and how did you start because obviously now you're a senior designer i'm sure people will be coming to you because they know you already your 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 name is out there and people recommend you and things like that so how do you get clients and in terms of like pricing and contract structures um can you give us a bit of examples
2: i guess in terms of like um When you're starting out, it's a lot more difficult to gain traction because firstly, nobody knows you and that's, it comes down to marketing. So you've always got to be marketing yourself. You've got to put your work out there, no matter how good or bad you think it is, just put it out there because you will fall into somebody's budget and into somebody's style and taste of what they're after. So, and the only way you're going to improve and get known is By putting your work out there, and I used to hate doing that myself. Honestly, I still hate it, and that's why I only recently started to like um make a YouTube channel and stuff. But um, it's the only way you're gonna get known is by putting yourself out there. And with social media nowadays, it's so easier. It's so much easier. You get, you can create a page of on Instagram where it's just your creative design work, and you can just like blow up from there because you don't know when or how you're gonna like blow up and get uh, become well-known but you're not going to get well-known if nobody knows who you are it's like you can be the best designer out there or have the best creative style but if nobody sees it and nobody knows it then how will they come to you for that sort of work so
1: i mean how how do you like yeah you could you could easily showcase your work by putting it on social media but how do you get followers on social media get people to notice it because Creating a page is easy, but getting an audience is very difficult.
2: Yeah, that's that's totally true, and it's not something that I've completely mastered myself. Um, but I think over time, it naturally will hopefully begin to build up because with social media, there's like the whole uh, hashtag thing and all of that, where you've got to right. like, try and master and get yourself known in that way. But also, it's gonna be like a little bit of offline marketing and networking. So if you like get some work from clients and stuff if you follow them then they'll probably follow you back because you're you basically become known to them and you build a relationship and build a rapport with them but until you I guess become uh, more uh, in line with like um, your style and become build a community and find your own community and tribe you're it's just gonna you just gotta wait wait it out You've got to trust the process. It's going to take a while and you'll get there eventually. It's just not going to happen overnight. All
1: right. So we have two questions before we have to wrap up. Uh, The first one is always interesting because I think it's one of the most uncomfortable conversations you can have with your clients. And that's pricing. How do you go about pricing your products and how do you deal with the anxiety of overpricing or underpricing?
2: Um, It's hard to overprice unless you're like pricing out of the client's budget and it's only uncomfortable while you're new at it i guess Um, okay so
1: let's let me let me reframe the question because obviously when you're dealing with big big clients they have a budget but when you're Mm -hmm. dealing with uh medium sized or smaller clients they usually come to you first asking hey can you do this video and then you get into pricing okay so how did how, how did you handle that when you got started
2: so when i got started i was like doing it all wrong and i only realized that now after many many years of trying and working it out and figuring out what is the right way um, and thankfully there's a lot of resources on youtube now to figure out how you price and how to charge um, but in terms of with the easiest way to do it right now that for my advice would be ask the client what their budget is and a lot of the times they won't want to really review it but you've got to ask the right questions to try and get them to give you some sort of ballpark figure and then you right. can see, okay, can you fall can your services and your time fall into that sort of budget range? And if it can't, that's fine. Um if you're able to recommend somebody else, that's great. Um but just be upfront and open with them, be like, Look, it it's not gonna work for me. Um I'm not you know, we might love each other but we just can't tie the knot because we can't afford it.
1: Do you think when you when you get started out that you should decline projects because they don't pay you enough? Or do you think they should just do as much as possible?
2: Oh, it depends on really where you are in your career, I guess. Right. Um, if you're really, really early in your career, um, you really got to take all the breadcrumbs you can because you don't want to starve. Uh, but if you can somehow make it work, even if you're offering reduced services, like, for example, they might come to you, oh, I need um a five minute video trailer for example and their budget doesn't fall in line with what you can offer for that service but you can maybe offer to them okay i can only offer you a one minute trailer or a 30 second advert and it's going to look really good but it's only going to be a certain duration of time right just basically try and work a find a compromise
1: well, the reason why I'm asking is because uh, I've spoken to another guy who runs a, he's fairly successful, runs a, a video production company here in Copenhagen. And uh, I asked him for advice. I was trying to sell him my camera uh, and I absolutely hate my camera. We'll get that into that. and, and I'll, I'll make a full video about that at some point. But I asked him like, what do you, what advice do you have in terms of pricing? And he said, "Don't don't let yourself become the cheap alternative.
2: Yeah, it's true because it's a rabbit hole that you're going to fall into. And if you only like really low ball and offer low uh, prices, you're going to become known for that. And you're only going to attract clients that only want to pay those sort of numbers as well. Mm. So, so I, I, I guess I'm my nice question is,
1: deal. and I'm digging a little bit here, uh, but I guess my question is, how do you go? How do you transition from being the guy who's forced to take or the girl? who's forced to take a lower price into now becoming someone who charges a premium. Like how do you go from, from those clients to the bigger ones?
2: So we're taking the assumption that the work is good enough, first of all, to more premium price, but you've got to ask because if you don't ask, you don't get, and if you're, if you keep getting uh, the answer, no, then you're doing something wrong. And that may be in terms of um, how you're approaching clients. the questions that you're asking them and you're not able to uh, show them the value of the work that you're offering to be of the level that you're asking for right so if you're going on asking for say a ten thousand dollar project and they are only valuing your work to be at two thousand dollars then there's a big mismatch there and there's a big disconnect so you've got to be able to offer your services and show your value of what you're asking and if you're able to Show that you're offering a higher value than what you're asking for, because then they're going to see it as a bargain and then they're going right. to be seeing it like a no brainer.
1: This is what I mean when I say that I wish I didn't know as early on as that I could make money off of my services. I had a, I had a client it was my biggest client to date uh, and it was my highest paying client as well. But after I got that client, I assumed that this was the price that I could charge for everyone. So even when I was approached by smaller clients, I gave them the a premium price and it led to a good chunk of the year with zero clients. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think everyone just needs to be aware of who they're talking to. Yep. And, and just because I, you got one big client doesn't mean that the next one is coming in. Yeah. Not everyone's um,
2: going to have Netflix budgets.
1: Right. Exactly. Uh, so what do you do about contracts? That's the last question. Like, how do you go about creating a contract? As a freelancer
2: um that's that was something that you learn over trial and error and um I guess figuring out what where your sticking points are when it comes to working with clients, but you've got to cover some basics such as when you expect payment so for example, you might ask for fifty percent up front and then fifty percent on delivery or the remainder on delivery because you might incur other costs during that time um right it's just things that naturally will come to you over time. And I guess in terms of like figuring out what you need to have in your contract in the first place, find Look for it online on YouTube. There's so many videos about what you should have in your contract and what you shouldn't. Uh, Right. And that's a great starting point to be honest, but over time it's all going to come naturally to you, to be honest. So it's all good. Have you learned from, have you
1: learned from bad experience? Uh, I've only, I've only had like one bad experience.
2: Um, and the worst experience i had once was i left an entire industry because of a really bad client experience wow i like literally don't want to work with those sort of clients ever again because of the experience that i had and you it's a learning process everything is a learning process so right you got to learn from your mistakes because it could be that they made some mistakes i made some mistakes but it, you only learn once you do it
1: right Alright, so that's it for us. Now we're gonna wrap this episode up. Do you wanna plug your socials and your YouTube channel?
2: Uh if you can find me everywhere Mo Ali TV. So it's like it's just on oh. Mohammed Ali T V.
0: Yeah. One thing before uh we leave, you say that you're not too comfortable with the YouTube thing, but I feel like you've come across very naturally. I feel like your videos are great, honestly. Um, I think so, so. Thank you. so you you' you make videos right now about branding and um like big um company brandings that have changed recently and you criticize them in, in an interesting and humorous way as well and you break it down very well. and You also show off your motion graphics skills in your videos as well. So, uh, don't undersell yourself in that regard. That's what I would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. If,
1: if, uh, if, if audience comments means anything, if there's one YouTube channel I'm most excited about and it, it's growth, it's it's literally yours. So I'm I'm, I'm sure that you're going to be doing great on
0: YouTube.
2: Wow, that's, a, that's really kind of you to say. So, yeah. Um, so,
0: you guys go check him out. Uh, he's got a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, we'll also plug him in the description of the podcast, uh, long, as we always do with our episodes. So, yeah, it's so being your boys from The Blueprint, joined by Mo Ali today. Um, so, we've talked about senior, de- him being a senior designer, being a multidisciplinary creative, and a whole bunch of different things. Uh, so, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Peace.